TFS, episode number 59. Hi, this is Martin Woodward. And this is Greg Duncan. Well, Greg, how you doing? Good, good. And yourself? How's life been treating you? <laughs> it's good. We've been a little bit busy. It's uh, yeah, It's been a bit hectic. Um, if you want to actually, uh, if you head along to tinyurl.com, whack uh, S45 pain, that'll give you a... <laughs> nice. An, <laughs> that'll give you an idea. It's been, yeah, it's been a little bit hectic over in TFS world, I have to admit. So um, we had a few issues with uh the last deployment we did which meant that um we're quite late actually on getting uh this this uh the sprint 46 deployed so that's the uh what's now actually gosh the april 25th sprint so um yeah that's been it's been brian goes into a lot of details explaining exactly exactly what happened it was um one of these plumbing things that you do and uh yeah you think oh, oh it just uncovered a bunch of stuff so uh but uh hey ho at least we know and hopefully it's fixed and thanks everybody for bearing with us i uh, went um the interesting thing was yeah, actually things started going wrong while i was i was in um belgium recently at a session i did a user group for uh this in belgium did a user group day man that was a good user group it was a really good session it was really you know really good day really engaged audience it was, it was just great a full you know full sort of afternoon on alm afternoon and evening it was brilliant but um uh it's like i was doing the cloud alm talk you know and talking explaining to them about cloud alm just as all these issues are hitting us and the network <laughs> and the conference room is terrible so you're kind of saying yeah it's really good not today but usually no it's really good yeah it's really good if you've got a better network than we have in here i mean like and, and the network was terrible like just loading up a page was you know like a graphic was you could see it go yeah yeah exactly and then the builds there's been a problem with the um the build times have been taking a long time to build and so i was having slow network access and i was hitting this problem with the builds taking ages to run and oh it was just painful but i dare say people who were trying to do real work had more pain so apologies and uh we think we've got we think we're i think we've turned the corner there on this release so we'll see uh hopefully this this deployment and then um if you go to tinyurl.com whack tfs uh 2013-05-25 and uh, that'll actually tell you all about the uh the april 25th 2013 deployment um that uh, brian gives some notes about and there's not much notes there it's mostly pointing you know kind of hinting to the stuff he blogs about and it's mo- it was mostly plumbing really and fixing stuff so next um Next sprint deployment, hopefully we'll have some things to look at. We'll see how we get on. And then we've also been busy with, uh, as well as, you know, actual real work, been busy planning out um, the TechEd. So we got off to New Orleans. TechEd North America is happening on uh, the first week of June, June 3rd to 7th. I've got it in my calendar. I'm not sure exactly when the date is, but it's about then. And then um, TechEd North America, sorry, TechEd Europe, as well as Build, are happening the last week of June. That's going to so be an interesting yeah. week. Yeah, busy, busy month. So it'll be interesting to see what all gets discussed. So, you know, we've been busy trying to plan out sessions and things like that. And actually, um, uh, a friend of a show, he's been on the show before and he's a good, uh, he's a, a keen listener, Anthony Borton. He's doing a pre-con um, at TechEd. So if you go to uh, http tinyurl.com, whack pre-tech 
EdTFS, uh, Anthony talks all about his pre-conference workshop. So that should be quite good. So that's 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 some good news of what we've been up to. You know, getting all this conference plan out. It's some really good material uh, coming for the the tech heads. So I'm quite excited about those. Hopefully, we'll bump into some listeners there as well. Let, let us know actually. RadioTFS at gmail.com if you're coming to either of the tech heads or build. And uh, yeah, are you going to build this year, Greg? Yep, yep, I'm going to build, going on my own dime at this point. But I think work is actually going to pony up. So that's that's nice. But uh, yeah. Wow. Definitely going to be there, uh, flying in Saturday, uh, flying in Tuesday, flying out Saturday. So, yeah, if you guys are you know, listeners out there, if, if you're going to build, shoot us an email. We should have a, should have a meetup. We should have a meetup at both TechEd at Build and at TechEd Europe that same week, and then we can do a, a, a transcontinental. We could record a show live. <laughs> <laughs> that might be awesome. Let's see how many people like email us before we we. Okay. <laughs> I had to do a meetup of hey, it's Greg and yeah. Greg and <laughs> all of his friends. <laughs> hey, some other good news while we're talking about that. The um the uh, we also did an update to the Git tools. Uh, Git the Visual Studio tools for Git. There we go. That's the official name. So if you go to um tinyurl.com slash vs git up it tells you all about uh, what we've actually done you notice we've done a heck of a lot of work on the performance really uh, and we've done also done a lot of work around um merge conflicts and things one of the cool things about the visual studio integration for git is it actually makes it you know easy to do to resolve merge conflicts and things inside the ui uh, and you know git makes it easy to mer- easy to branch but it's you know merge can still be painful if you get conflicts mm-hmm. so we're, we're trying to bring all the benefits we've done you know from doing the ui work for tfvc merge conflicts in tfs 2012 and bring those into the git tools and you know enhance them a little bit more as well so it's looking really good and obviously um if you go to aka.ms whack git for vs you can always get the the extensions from there or just have a or just search for git in the uh, visual studio extension gallery awesome uh speaking of uh that was a really bad segue anyway um, <laughs> speaking of git <laughs> yeah speaking of git we have some let's talk about a git called brian keller <laughs> We get, speaking of getting Brian Keller, anyway, um, Brian has updated all, you, you guys all know about his Visual Studio um, virtual machines, right? The Hyper-V machines, everybody knows about those, right? If you don't, go download them. Right. Raise your hand out there if you don't know about these. Okay, I see no hands, so everybody knows about them, that's good. Uh, he's updated them for uh, VS 2012 Update 2. And, you know, guys, these are invaluable machines, not just because of they have all the bits for like everything. If you just want to try something out, let's say you want to play with uh, TFS 2012 and Project Server 2013 to see how well those integrate because you're wondering about, you know, synchronizing the, you know, completed work times between the two. Um, There's a VM. You can try it without, you know, spending a dime. you know, unless you're, you know, paying for your, uh, you know, pr- paying by bit. But anyway, unless you're in South Africa, where they quite often are paying by bit, or, yeah, right, or Australia, or, where yeah, they are really Zealand, tough yeah. Anthony actually is from Australia, and he, one of the things he used to do was trying, trying to like time his bandwidth caps so that the virtual machines or the, you know, the CTPs and betas. He was like, oh, our beta's coming out. Oh, if I time it halfway, you know, if I download it halfway, then my, uh, I'll, I'll cover it in my bandwidth caps. Wow, so. that's. 
sounds like a, uh, an opportunity for you know FedEx and VM. We used to do that actually. I, 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 um, we did that once with uh, one year. I got the entire. I downloaded all the TechEd um, videos. Uh-huh. Right, it was one of the first years where we first started recording TechEds, and it was good because we used to have you know like the video of the people speaking as well as uh, the video. Right. And uh, I downloaded all of those, and then I put them on a hard drive and I mailed them to South Africa. <laughs> and then this this hard drive did a tour around the user groups of South Africa. It was brilliant. It was really good. Nice. It was a very um, high was it high latency but but large packet size network. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, go out to this post. You can get it at um, aka.ms, A-L-M-V-M-S, as in ALM VMs. There's three sets of the VMs there. And, and again, there's not only the bits, but the demo scripts and hands-on labs as well. So, again, if you're trying to learn these things, um, you want to you play with them, uh, go out and grab them. They're just waiting for you. Well, we're at that part of the show. Uh, and I would like to do a shout out to SaaS Made Easy, uh, the sponsors of this show. SaaS Made Easy, a leader in hosted TFS, dedicated virtual servers, and TFS ALM consulting. You can reach them at www.sasmadeeasy.com. That's www.sasmadeeasy.com or via email at sales at sasmadeeasy.com. And again, we have to thank them for uh, helping us make this show possible. And as we get back to the show, um, I want to remind you all, we've already mentioned the email address uh, once before, radiotfs at gmail.com, or you can do a voicemail at one four two five two three three. 8379 and give us your feedback if you got questions comments you love us you hate us well, don't, yeah if, even if you hate us send us an email drop us a voicemail and um i'd like to shout out to pedro gonzalez who did just that yes we have an email and he uh, sent us a question he's got a problem that he's trying to solve and uh, uh, martin i think martin has a few words to say about this challenge that pedro is trying to solve okay jenna jenna read out the the mail yeah it's hey guys big fan of the show we are trying to map our work items into project and we're having some um fun with it someone ought to write a power tool to manipulate the mapping file or better yet add it to the process editor anyways after much trial and error we're finally gotten the fields mapped our last problem is that we want a remaining work field to be calculated based on the original estimate and and the actual work fields. Right now, the fields are original estimate, completed work, remaining work. I've been looking around. It seems that the work item fields cannot be calculated. Can you guys confirm this or help us find a way to achieve this requirement? Thanks very much, Pedro. Cool. So, um, yeah, unfortunately, calculated fields aren't, um, aren't a feature of work item tracking. Uh, it's, it's a feature we get asked for a lot. Not, not for that particular requirement. I actually think that retirement's a little bit crazy. We'll, we'll, we'll talk, we'll come to that in a second. But let's, uh, let's you're saying crazy calculate. with love. You know, we're not going to. Yeah, crazy with love. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, let's talk about calculated fields for a second. So calculated fields, um, yeah, we know it's a much demanded feature. Uh, where calculated fields I've seen 
um, like a valid use case for is um, somebody wanting to give me tell me, I you know a roll up field sort of thing. So for a story, what's the total um, time you know remaining work on a story? There's an example of a of a calculate field which makes a lot of sense because you know go and look at all the tasks and figure out what the total remaining work is. That that makes complete sense to me. Okay. Um, you can't do it though. Sorry. <laughs> there are, there are a couple of workarounds you potentially do. Uh, one of them is you could uh, you could do custom. So in in TFS you can have a custom work item field, um, and you could like kind of fake it by in the work item form have a custom field which didn't do anything, but it was displayed, and it would actually go when you display the work item. Um, it would it would go out, look at all the child ta- you know child work items to that story, for example, and then w- look at the remaining work of those, add them up, and then display that inside the work item form. That's what that's one way you could kind of achieve that. That doesn't solve this kind of problem, but you know it's handy. But the problem with that is you couldn't query, you couldn't you know show me all stories that have you know more than five hours remaining or something like that. You couldn't you couldn't query on that field. So um, another way you could do it is um tfs has a powerful eventing framework we've, we've talked about it a bit in the past brian the build bunny actually um works off tfs events and you can write some code which um gets pinged by tfs every time well you can actually you can write server plugins but you could write you could write a, a service which lives off on a iis somewhere and tfs will send it a soap message every time a work item gets updated and um so you could say every time a work item gets updated please send me a message and then that could then go away and uh, calculate a field and then update the work item now of course your little code or your alert would have to have something in so you didn't get into an infinite loop of uh, <laughs> uh, of editing work items which I have seen but um, you could do it and you could make you, you could go in and, and actually go calculate a value and store it in that work item that's not a great solution because it means that every single time you edit a work item you actually see two two entries in the history one where you've edited it and then one where the process comes in later and recalculate some stuff but it's possible the old um uh some i've seen some process templates that actually do use this kind of mechanism a different way and they would um look at the state of a work item and then when a work item goes to a particular state it would actually go create a bunch of other work items for you you know a sort of a sample one so yeah people do that sort of thing that's that's one way of kind of doing this so that's cool but the but the actual proper calculate work items can't be done it's not a feature in the system today um, and it's you know it's not going to be in the next major release either unfortunately sorry about that um, now but Pedro's question let's let's break that down again he's saying he wants a remaining work field to be calculated based on the original estimate and then the actual work done now let's think about that that's that's crazy because that's assuming that the amount of work left on a task is the amount of work you originally estimated <laughs> minus the amount of work that you've done right. and we all know that's not the case unfortunately <laughs> i mean maybe uh, unless you're exceptionally you know maybe you're everybody else in the world's better at estimating than i am oh, but that just that's just never 
of the case. Yeah, no, it was never, you know, the estimate, you know, it's called an estimate you know, for yeah. a reason. It's like, oh, yeah, this is going to take me 40 hours. And then, okay, I've done 35. Well, man, I, I still got, as you're into it, you know, it when, when you're coding this stuff, it always takes longer than you estimated or you padded it out so much. Oh, this is going to take me 40 hours and four hours you're done. Mm-hmm. So you, so then you, you know, yeah, you, you then you use that time, you sandbag that time and use it to spend it on another task or playing golf or something brilliant <laughs> no no never do that <laughs> i actually worked with a uh, a project manager once who was like oh yeah well developers always pad their estimates so i double the rest i i halve their estimates when i get them you know what i mean i'm like oh it shows you're in a dysfunctional team yeah. so th- this 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 is actually why um uh, this is why TFS, the the default, you know, like the Agile and the Scrum um, work item templates, this is why they show you, they don't show you the original estimate actually in the work item ever. They just show you the um, the remaining work because that's, as a, as a manager, that's actually all I care about. Give me an honest, I don't care that you're 80% done, you know. Give me an honest um, opinion today how much work do you think's left on this task and you know we all know that things take longer than you think we all know sometimes things are quicker than you think you know it, it, and things change and priorities change and when you dig into it things change that's the fact of life this because we're living on the edge of chaos deliberately living on the edge of chaos as software developers so um just give me your honest opinion as how much work's remaining don't lie because once you start lying to the team then you know there's no point you know it's, it's where things break down if you lie to yourself and lighter team so so um your estimates sh- the, the the remaining work should be um an honest estimate on what's left now this is actually one of the problems that you get into with integrating into project because with project the temptation is to um you know, to, to, to manage every single task inside project. And then you get people updating how long the tasks are and then the project plans need recalculating and it's a nightmare. Um, and, you know, it's a, it can be a nightmare. So that's why with project, I often actually don't, well, when they make me install projects is usually when I resign. <laughs> is it? Uh, um, but if I have had to use project in the past, I, I don't like to use project to plan down to the individual task level because um, it's just too much. I want those to be rapidly updated and too much flux. What I would use project for is to plan down to the like the epochs level or maybe you know maybe even just sprints and things it depends how i need to manage my dependencies Mm -hmm. but use project to manage these high granular activities and leave tfs to track tasks and and don't get also don't get don't don't make the mistake of using um tfs as a time tracking tool right yeah that's definitely one of the other things that 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 i wanted to make sure that we talked about on here and i've seen i've seen people want to follow into that track and you know uh, that trap and it really yeah tfs is not a time accounting tool it's not a time billing tool it's not yeah don't do it it's just wrong tool well yeah i mean there are i think i'm trying to think there is actually a time sheet uh let me have a look TFS, I'm trying to find it now. There is a timesheet, uh, team tracking, uh, oh, at tfstimesheet.coplex.com. And, t- you know, TX Chrono is a, there are a few like projects that are using work items to do time tracking. Actually, that TFS timesheet but, isn't. But, yeah, but, but it's, gen- it's generally a bad idea because, right. um, well, you're trying to, well, to be honest, uh, I know I'm in a great place because like I've had real jobs all my life. And in all of those real jobs, I had to track time, worked against tasks. 
task in all of those real jobs. And then I came to work for Microsoft and we don't track hours. We don't we don't track how much time you spent working on a task. Um, we just tell people how much time is remaining on our tasks. That's what we do. Um, and that's a much more healthy thing than because you're the problem with recording time in general. <laughs> and I know people have to do it, especially when they're billing hours and yeah. stuff to people. So I know yeah, it, I know some people have to do it. But the problem with tracking time in general is that it's actually always an estimate. You know, you, um, even even if you um, so there's an interesting um, in Eclipse is a tool called Mylin, and uh, it has and Mylin actually integrates with TFS, and there's. Um, there's an interesting feature where it'll actually record how much time you spend on task, how much time you spend in Eclipse um, working on a task. And it's clever enough to know that, you know, if you lose focus and start checking email or start browsing the web, then maybe you're not, you know, working on the task at hand. And um, it actually records how much time you spend working on something. And you'll be alarmed at how little time you spend actually working on coding and how much time you spend researching something or responding to emails to your manager who's asking you if you're done yet or going to progress. <laughs> meetings asking you if you're done yet or, or filling out your timesheet application so it's um i don't know it's like a necessary evil in a lot of places but it's always an estimate anyway and so thinking that re- accurately recording your completed work which again is another question is why don't all these process templates have completed work it's because the, your the number you put in the completed work is always an estimate anyway and is usually a lie because the temptation's too great to make the numbers add up to make the completed work plus the original you know so that at the end of a day make completed work and original estimate match exactly yep. um, the, the the temptation is too great because if you're monitoring people on those things you're um by definition kind of rewarding them on that behavior and this is this is the whole you know uh heisenberg uncertainty principle and everything you actually apply a measurement to you affect the system that measure yep. and it's the same thing with here as well so anyway there's I probably, I probably, it's completely flippant answer that doesn't help Pedro. All Pedro is probably trying to do is just get project to accurately map tasks. But yeah, I would, um, I'd be, I'd be concerned about using those fields. Unfortunately, there we go. All righty. So back to some other cool yeah, let, projects. Let's, let's get, let's actually do some what we're here for, which is going <laughs> down, rather than me ranting about time recording. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. You know, final note to Pedro: maybe you just you need to flip the problem. You need, you need to look at it at, at a different way. And anyway, um, yeah. so click once. You know that that seems kind of you don't hear about it as much nowadays. That came out in .NET two, right? That was the first .NET that had it. Or no, was, I should probably know. My boss actually was a PM behind Click Once, I think. So there you go. Doesn't isn't Google Chrome a Click Once deployment? You know, it, it it is. And the Citrix um, was a go to webinar is a Click Once. Oh. It, it actually gets used a lot, but it's still you know it, kind of weird. Yeah, and, and there are some you know challenges with using it. You know, especially if you are creating self signed certificates, you know that expire after two years, and that that becomes a pain in the butt. And anyway, but in my current place. For the longest time, we were using ClickOnce. Um, we ended up writing our own deployment thing because of other non-related ClickOnce worked and it got the job done. And there's some really great things with it. And, you know, a lot of times, it just works and it's really kind of nifty. But now we're living in a, a, a TFS build world and we're living in a cloud world, in an Azure world. Now, what you're deploying this ClickOnce application outside. Uh, you want so obviously it can't be inside your fire. You do really kind of don't want it inside your firewall or 
expose that or deal with the whole uh, putting, you know, uh, uh, you know, propping up your own IIS server and exposing that to the world. You know, so there's the whole Azure thing. Let's put, you know, how could we take all of these things, take click once application, Azure and TFS build, a continuous integration kind of TFS build and put them all together. Well, oh, pronounce his name for me. Reese. Oh, uh, hang on. Let me let me Lucy try again. Guyan Maria. I got I got like, abuse from one of our listeners. Uh, Richie, Richie. Maria. Yeah, okay. Anyway, <laughs> has answered this exact thing. If you go to tinyurl.com, blob b l o b build, he's got a really nice, well written blog post on how exactly you do that. Deploy a click once application on an Azure Blob container with TFS build. That's cool. Yeah. So that's a great kind of post and that's great because often when we're talking about continuous deployment we're talking about uh, web applications you know last week we talked about continuously deploying a sharepoint application which is basically you know a web app and de- continuously deploying azure websites is dead easy so this is a great post from uh yeah jamia about the um about doing the, the continuous deployment of a thick line app that's cool yep yep and if you're doing even clink once inside maybe not to a tf uh, to an azure blob this is also a good post uh, doing uh, tfs build click once stuff can be challenging so mm-hmm. this answers a lot of things and of course the workflow custom activity that he creates is downloadable as well brilliant great stuff i love our mvps <laughs> hey, speaking of an MVP, sorry n- n- yeah i also love our people that aren't mvps either greg but you know oh, sh- <laughs> but speaking of MVPs, uh, Martin, sorry, <laughs> Martin Hinchwood, um, who was a former MVP of the year, actually, he, um, you know, it's a good thing about being called Martin. It makes it easy to become MVP of the year. I think he he's did a great post which delves into a question I get asked a lot, and that's people um, people really want to think about uh, you know team project organization, how they should break their organization down into team projects and team project collections and teams and server instances you know and all the, and, and and this sort of thing so um if you go to tinyurl.com slash single proj Martin actually talks about how he works in a single team project and uses multiple teams inside one single team project and why he does that um and it's a, it's a good place to explain delving into detail a bit more on that that's kind of how we work inside of uh devdiv um you know visual studio is a well there's a single dev div team project where Visual Studio is built. Um, and we have lots of teams in there, lots of branches and things. And my general advice is to start big and break it out when you know you need it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, really to uh, that a team project is bigger than you think. Uh, you know, you know a, team proje- you, a team project isn't one solution, not usually, it might be, right. but it's, it's quite often multiple solutions inside a team project. So there we go. Yeah, it's a challenge that I'm facing right now. We're, we're spinning up our, our TFS 2012 box arrived this week. We're getting it racked, mm. I think, next week. And you know, I've got a Oh, exciting! Yeah, it's very cool. I think I'm going to be TFS 2012 install boy next week. So, uh, wow. Are you going to go straight to update two as well? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's no Good reason. Fresh. And we're going to actually going to, I don't even think we're going to convert our existing stuff. You know, we're just All going right. to do a fresh install. And I've kind of been telling people to hold off. I've been, you know, singing the praises. Oh, you know, we should, uh, you know, we're, they're talking about we've had some new developers and then added to the team we're talking well we should do black logs and all that stuff yes we should but i don't want to do it here because i don't want to convert i've done enough conversions and moves and stuff let's just do it fresh on the new box so now of course they're asking me okay when 
we get this new box, how should things look? How should we do it? You know, if we want to be writer or write-ish at least. So I, I saw this and I've been singing the praises of it. You know, we had multiple projects that were actually, you know, we actually had a, a SQL Server one that was broken across. There was a views project and a stored procedures project. And a, I'm like going, oh, 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 yeah. no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Friends don't let friends create too many projects because it's just bad. And with the, the areas and the iterations, you just don't need to. But, that, but, but sometimes you do, you know, when there's that security consideration or there's other considerations. So knowing why and when. But here Martin talks about a great, you know, view as to you know when to go with the single. Start with the single always and then grow if need be. Okay. Yep. It's good advice. So one of the about a billion years ago, you know, when, when Scrum was starting in to TFS take, time. In TFS time, so, yeah. I was listening to um I can't remember who it was now. I think it was uh oh goodness. Who I think it was on some podcast. It's probably on a Twitter network podcast. And they was they were trying to work out like the equivalent of dog years for computers and they reckon it's about 15 so you know because if you think about it a computer as well like you're meant to change a computer every four years so that's like 60 that's like you know and hopefully when i'll be retiring mm-hmm. so actually that's that's not bad going but it's um you know every <laughs> so yeah 15 years for a, a so back in 2005 which in in computer years goodness me that's a long time <laughs> yeah there was a, a one of the and before microsoft had a scrum template in the box you know there was a mm-hmm. common one called the Conchango Scrum template. Mm-hmm. And I used that. I, it was the V2 version. I never made the V3 one. I, I didn't really, that was kind of overkill. They reorganized it and that kind of stuff. But anyway, um, eventually Conchango got bought. Um, the, the templates went into maintenance mode. And there was a, uh, there was a really cool utility, a good uh, uh, full desktop application that they were charging for. And they were calling it the um, Scrum Master's Workbench utility. Um, well, we go to today, we now have the TFS Workbench utility. If you go to tfsworkbench.codeplex.com, you can get this Workbench now free and you can get the source, which you know me. I, I got to love the source code. So all the sources here um, – so you can see you know, how they set it up with the providers and the work item editors. I mean, there's a huge amount of source in this project, let alone being it a cool project. So uh, if you are looking for like a full uh, a desktop client, go check out this project. Cool. That's great. That's great to see that's out there. Awesome stuff. Um, hey, you know, you're talking about uh, doing um, doing your server and you're thinking about starting from a clean server. So you're not going to you're not going to migrate history over anything like you're not gonna you're not gonna do an upgrade or anything like that you're just gonna start clean yep that's what we're thinking okay well one thing you might want to take a look at then is a blog post from look at this for a segue this is amazing from uh, martin hinshelwood again uh, he's, he's busy uh, over at blog.hinshelwood.com um he's done a post on how to use the tfs migration integration toolkit to migrate from one tfs tfs so he, in his example <laughs> easy for you he's to doing my mig- yeah exactly in his example he's migrating from 
um, the service to the server and how to do that. But actually, in your case, where you're migrating from one server to another, and maybe you want to keep source control history, um, this would this this could be a tool for you that you might want to use to to do that. You know, and 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 maybe migrate some source code over with with you don't care about the dates in history, but you actually want you know you want to see older revisions maybe or something like that. So uh, yeah, that's that's worth looking at. Um, I'm just doing a quick tiny URL for it now, actually. So if you go to tinyurl.com slash migrate TFS, there you go, then uh, Martin can show you about how to do that. And, and it, as I say, in his example, he's talking about how to go from the service to the server. If, uh, you know, we haven't announced pricing for the service still yet, um, Bane of my life, I wish we would, but we'll, we'll get there eventually. So, um, yeah, if, if you're worried about that, you know that we'll provide you a way of getting the data out. But if, even if you don't want to rely on us, you want a safety net, then here's a great way of doing that. It's also a good way of getting the data from your on-premise server into the service if you want to do it the way around. Yeah, and I've actually used this project just recently, just in my current place. And it really is click, 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 kind of easy. Um, we were moving yeah. from uh, a project from one project collection to another project collection, and we wanted the history, and it was just the version control stuff. But... Uh, Mm-hmm. You know, this was the way for us, the easiest way to do it. And it really, yeah, just worked. Love that. Cool. Yep, yep. So, you know, one of the things that, you know, my users, my people are new to 2012. I've got some developers that are fairly new uh, to TFS at all. Um, they're also new to Visual Studio 2012. So it would be kind of cool if we had a some sort of free resource that I could send them to that not only got them up to speed with um, using ALM in Visual Studio 2012, but also maybe prepped them for a um, MSCD exam, you know? So, yeah. And wouldn't it be cool if it was also done by two friends of the show, Stephen Borg and Anthony Borton? Mm-hmm. Microsoft Visual Academy has got your course. If you go to tinyurl.com, TFS 2012 jump, that will send you to the Applying ALM with Visual Studio 2012 exam 70-498 jumpstart on the, the, visual, the Virtual Academy. The Virtual Academy is actually kind of cool. There's a lot of stuff there. If you've never been to the Microsoft Virtual, virtual Academy, you have to go. And there's even Chivos, you know, achievements, you know, who's doing, got the, you know, the top students and, and all that good kind of stuff. And it's not just dev stuff. There's IT stuff. Uh, it's really pretty neat and it's very broad. So even if you're not looking to do this one, go there anyway and look at the other stuff. There's IT stuff. There's dev stuff. There's Office 365. There's SQL Server. There's SharePoint, System Center. There's even a licensing course. Which kind of and you haven't mentioned the co- the cost of this particular course either, Greg. Oh, it's expensive. I, you know, you're going to have to dig deep into that pocketbook. Uh, no, actually, I lied. It's free. All wow. of these courses are free. Cool. So, and then they, it should be good because uh, it's hopefully get you ready for that. Um, you know, the 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 exam as well. So, um, if you're thinking of getting that exam, it's amazing. But even if you're not, even if you just want to go along, that's a really cool that they're doing that for free. Yep. Wow, cool. You and your free training, eh? But, uh, it wouldn't. <laughs> be a show 
unless we had some free training. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what we haven't had. We haven't had an ALM Rangers uh, discussion yet. Surely we must have one of those in the wings. Yeah, well, actually, I've got one here for you. There you um, go. And it's one of my other favorite areas, DevOps. Uh, Willie Peter Schwab has got a new guidance set for us. ALM Rangers uh, DevOps bug resolution using IntelliTrace. You know, you guys know with um, VS2012, you can use IntelliTrace in production. You know, in, with 2010, you could only use it in uh, development and QA scenarios, but now you can use it in production. Okay, how do you do that? You know, what are the things that you do? Why do you do it when you're trying to sell it to your IT, to your ops guys? Why do you want to do it? How do you do it? Maybe there's some checklists, um, you know, how to make it so. Maybe some, you need some poster art for your cubicle. This guidance has got it all for you. There's a cheat sheet for a building for um, IntelliTrace, just the ops view of what DevOps and IntelliTrace is, uh, three hands-on labs, two posters, and one quick reference guide. And if you go to tinyurl.com, DevOpsIntel, I-N-T-E-L, it'll send you to uh, Willie P's post, and there's a download there. And, you know, they put all their stuff on um, CodePlex as well, so you, it'll redirect you to the post there. And you can get it all. And it's it's some great stuff. So Cool. Good stuff. Well, hey, Greg, I think that's about a show. I think so. Great. So if uh, anyone's got any uh, feedback, again, that email address is radiotfs at gmail.com or the voicemail 1425-233-8379. Do drop us a line if you would like to have a meetup at TechEd North America or TechEd EMEA or Build, and we'll see if we can actually organize something. That'd be cool. And uh, we'll see you next time on Radio TFS. 